It is Wednesday, the 13th of January, 2021. If you are currently hearing the sound of my voice, you have either gone to a Herculean effort to find today's podcast, or I finally got the website fixed. Either way, you're listening to the Handsome Genius Club radio show. Hey kids, welcome to the show. My name is Kingdom, Anthony Kingdom James. Uh, it is uh, coming up on 1 a.m., which means that my cat is active. Uh, Chloe is currently playing with the leg of a dining room chair. And uh, now the leg of the table. Um, this cat is crazy. I don't... I'm... <sighs> We had a little incident yesterday, and uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I undid some of the goodwill that I've earned with her. I think I have. Um, I took some advice from uh, a YouTube video, and I I try to pet her a, just a little when I feed her, so that she, you know, she's occupied with food, but. She'll get used to the idea that I'm around and that I'm safe. Hi, kiddo. She's staring at me. Um, and when I was petting her, I was scratching her chest, and I felt a little... Uh, I, it felt like a bump. And it it, it got me very concerned because um, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that, you know, uh, 2019, 2020, early 2020... I was uh, spending time taking our friend George Zotti's cat, Brimstone, to uh, to the vet for daytime appointments. Because, you know, it's daytime and I was home. So, you know, I was able to do it. Uh, Brimstone had cancer. And Brimstone has since passed away. And Brimstone was a cute little tortoiseshell girl cat just like Chloe. So I felt this and I got very concerned and I tried to double check it. And that meant holding her and Chloe fucking hates being held. You can't pick Chloe up. You can scratch her around the neck and ears and a little on the chest. But other than that, she doesn't want to fucking know from you. You can't scratch her above the tail. Like her, the, the, her back right above her tail. Most cats love that. No, Chloe, Chloe does a spin move like, like Space Monkey playing, uh, Among Us. <laughs> That's a niche joke. Um, but she does a spin move and fucking stares you down. Like, what are you doing? Um, so I held her a little too long and she squirmed and then she squealed and I let her go. And it was one of those things where it's like, hey, I'm trying to fucking help you. And she did not see it that way. <laughs> and and I, and I ended up feeling really fucking awful. Because I know that Chloe came from a bad situation in Quebec. She's a rescue from Quebec. And I don't know whether she was uh, neglected or abused. I just know that it was a bad situation. And uh, 
All I want is to earn this cat's trust and affection. And I want to... <laughs> she just dove to tackle this chair leg. Um, all I want to do is earn her uh, trust and affection. And um, a moment like that is a setback. She can bear... She can hold a grudge. Uh, I don't want to... I don't want to cause this cat pain. I want to make sure this cat is happy. And it, honest to Jesus, it upsets me that I might upset her. Because she's, I mean, relatively defenseless. Her her safety and welfare is uh, up to me. And... Uh, so her being upset is probably down to me. I am her external factor at this point. You know, the diving at a different chair. Uh, <laughs> I am her external factors. You know, she's, she's, she's indoors. So she's not worried about weather. But I am her source of food. I am her source of sanitation. Um, and I am, I am her source of, I'm largely her source of entertainment. Like, I mean, she does fine with those backpack straps sticking out under the closet door, but if I took those away, what would she do? You know. Oh, God. <sighs> Taking on a responsibility for another living creatures happiness and i just i just i like i really uh, i like a, i like a lap cat i like a cat that's gonna um I like a cat that's gonna hop up on the bed and cuddle up to me and chloe is not that i don't even know like we've talked i've talked on the show before we've talked i've talked you've listened this is <laughs> It's it, this is somewhere between monologue and dialogue because you're able to make comments afterwards. So this is what's one and a half in in Latin. Mono, mono is one. Dialogue is two people talking. <laughs> what's one and a half? <laughs> what's what's one with a comment section in Latin? Um yeah, she doesn't she does she's not a climber, she's not a jumper. So, like I actually had a thought of building a ramp up to the bed, but we're where eh, I don't know. Oh god. This is one of those terribly introspective moments where I wonder if I'll ever be happy. Uh, if I'm capable of it long term. Fuck, I wish somebody would scratch me behind the ears. <sighs> oh, God. That's fucking terrible, Anthony. <sighs> I don't know. Anyways. Sorry. We're making eye contact, the cat and I. She, and she lies down and licks her paws right now. Oh, kids. Um, 
I was going to read a section of a book and then I previewed it and thought, no, I don't want to read this because this is just going to make me even sadder. It's a book I appear in. And I thought this will be fun. It'll waste some time. And then I previewed it and I was like, oh, there's a thing in here I don't like. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to get I'm going to get a guest for the show and we'll discuss the book. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that actually makes me feel a little better is instead of just wallowing in it, I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. That's good. I'm glad. I'm, yeah. Okay. Um, let's take a look at some nonsense. This is going to be a short show because you know, Look, are you able to hear me? <laughs> uh, first of all, Jeopardy. I haven't watched it this week, but this week is the, the was the debut of Ken Jennings as the guest host. Hold on. Let's get some water here. Not, no longer a fan of Ken Jennings. Um, um, he seems like the... Seems like the kind of possibly autistic guy who doesn't know how to apologize for things. But that whole schlamazel with uh, John Roderick, his podcast buddy, um, really, I'm just, I'm, I'm sour on Jennings' defense of the guy before and after. The, uh, especially after, particularly after, 95% about it is after people started, uh, releasing, retweeting Roderick's old, 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 you know, seven, six, seven, eight year old, really racist fucking tweets. And Jennings defending the guy was white privilege in action. Um, he can he can wave it away and it doesn't fucking matter and you know we're all being too sensitive and you know he he doesn't understand Jennings doesn't understand he doesn't need to understand uh how human emotions or people's feelings work so i don't i don't really have time for him i don't i'm not going to watch his shows um fuck that guy I, I still, I'm actually waiting. I, I, I haven't seen Trebek's last week of episodes, and I, I want to see those. But, uh, no. Ken Jennings can fuck off. I'm just, I'm, I'm tired. Tired in many ways. But uh, one of the things I'm tired of, and I think we've been talking about this for the last year, is I'm tired of... I'm tired of not getting offended or I'm tired of tamping down my offense in the face of, uh, in the face of racism and let's be more specific in the face of white people's racism and other white people's defense of those racist white people. Um, Oh, don't take it so serious. Uh, you know, just ignore him. Fuck off. Fuck off. Do something about it. Prove that you're not racist by doing something about it. 
you know, fucking, if you think it's wrong, help me do something, help me do something about it. If you don't think it's wrong, then you are condoning it. You, and you're just as fucking much of an asshole. So John Roderick, racist asshole. Ken Jennings, apologist for racist asshole. And who knows? Who knows if Ken... I, I don't know. I, I'm supposed to know who Ken Jennings is top to bottom because I, I've seen him answer questions on a fucking game show? No. This tells me more about his character than watching him answer questions uh, on a on a fucking game show. And his character to me is now presented as apologist for racist. I ain't got time for that. It's like, you know, Monday night I I I was watching I was watching Raw. I'm home. Eh, I'm here. I wasn't doing anything. I should be, but I wasn't, and I started watching Raw. And Jackson Riker came out. And you know, this is the guy who last year amidst the George Floyd protests started cutting promo online about Donald Trump being the greatest president ever and then threw in his then gimmicks tagline and I was like you motherfucker you know first you're opposing people fighting to not be murdered by the people who are supposed to protect them and and you are heaping praise on the racist dirtbag motherfucker of a president who's in, encouraging that behavior, who's a fucking dog whistle for that behavior. And then you're trying to get your fucking TV character over. He almost scuttled the career of the two guys he was forced into the tag team with, who were forced to tag with him. And, and he's an unapologetic right wing douchebag. So he comes on TV. I turn off the TV. I don't. I don't want to. I like seriously. It was the first hour of Raw, and uh, and I, I I I turned it off and I never went back. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Uh. So <laughs> all of that with the Ken Jennings was to lead up to this story from Variety where Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers says he has a new gig during the offseason as a Jeopardy guest host. Holy shit. Okay, like I said, from Variety. During his weekly appearance on Sirius XM's The Pat McAfee Show, Rogers revealed that he has the opportunity to host the iconic game show, which is employing a slew of guest hosts following Alex Trebek's death. Rogers appeared on an episode of Celebrity Jeopardy in 2015. One of my idols growing up was Alex Trebek, and being able to be on Jeopardy years ago, even though my wardrobe wasn't the greatest choice, Rogers said. That's, there's something missing there. Uh, they're doing some guest hosting spots, and it's going to be released here pretty soon, 
but I have the opportunity to do one of those. <sighs> For the love of God, just throw money at LeVar Burton and get this sin over with. So <laughs> I don't know if I have anything against Aaron Rodgers. I don't know that I should. Uh, there's, there's nothing in my head that says, oh, that fucking guy. Um, I, I have the impression that Aaron Rodgers is an actually good guy. So, um, yeah, so I'll watch Aaron Rodgers until somebody digs up seven-year-old tweets where... <laughs> Seven-year-old anti-Semitic, uh, homophobic, Islamophobic, uh, anti-black, fucking tweets. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt, you know. Ah, <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! I just want to watch fucking Jeopardy for Christ's sake. Um. Okay, I got two I got two more stories and then we'll get it we'll get out of here for the day. Let's make it quick, Anthony. That's what she said. Okay, um first a complete asshole. Uh Maya Ponsetto. If you don't know who Maya Ponsetto is, a couple of weeks ago, this is the young woman who attacked a 14-year-old black kid in a New York hotel accusing him of stealing her phone. Uh, this was uh, Kenyon Harold Jr., the son of uh, Kenyon Harold Sr., of course, the uh, j- jazz musician, saxophonist, if I'm right. So there's video from Kenyon Sr. and from the hotel lobby of... This woman having, she was dubbed Soho Karen, of this woman freaking out in this hotel lobby and physically attacking 14-year-old Kenyon Jr. There's there's a hotel lobby security footage of her trying to drag him to the ground. And she was freaking the fuck out. Since then, she went home to California. This happened in New York. She went home to California. She was interviewed on the CBS Morning Show where she... uh Basically, hiccup. She basically told Gail King to shut the fuck up. And then later that day, she was arrested, taken into custody, extradited back to New York. Well, guess what? Oh, she had a DUI charge in. She got a DUI charge in California uh, in the meantime as well. She's a fucking piece of work. Um. She's like the worst stripper I've ever dealt with. She would be just the worst. So <laughs> it's a it's the lens I see things through after twenty years. I'm sorry. Um, you see things through your professional your day job lens. I see th- things through mine. <laughs> so TMZ has this story. Uh, Maya Pensetto. Allegedly trespassed at New York City apartment. Here are photos of the damage. 
Maya Poncetto was allegedly wreaking havoc at a vacant New York City apartment before her notorious hotel incident, and TMZ's got photos of the damage. As we reported, when so, quote, Soho Karen was charged Saturday in her attack of 14-year-old Kenyon Harold Jr. at the Ario Hotel, prosecutors briefly detailed another incident from earlier that day in which she allegedly damaged an apartment door. Sources familiar with the apartment incident tell TMZ, Ponsetto entered the building by using a fire extinguisher she found to destroy the doorknob and smash her way in. Jesus. We're told a tenant of the building confronted her and Ponsetto allegedly claimed she rented the vacant unit through Airbnb and locked her keys inside. That's some quick thinking. That is some quick thinking bullshit. Our sources say Airbnb isn't allowed to operate in the building, and we're told Maya never contacted management about renting it. Once she got in, Ponsetto allegedly stayed for several hours, did damage to the curtains, left mail scattered on the floor, and dirtied up the bathroom. Okay. Quote-unquote, dirtied up the bathroom. What could she have done, kids? Is this, did she throw toilet paper and toothpaste and, you know, did she shaving cream the mirror or something? Or did she dirty up the bathroom? Mm. We're told she also left debris in the hallway outside the apartment. Our, and here's the thing. The, the, whole, the big incident with her took place at a hotel she was apparently staying at. Why is she in this fucking apartment f causing havoc? Like, I mean, is this some ex-boyfriend's apartment and she tried to find him or something or looking for a crack dealer or something? I don't know. Um, our sources say police were called, but when they arrived, they could not access the vacant apartment because the door was so badly damaged it wouldn't open. And Maya was long gone. Law enforcement sources tell us a police report was filed and Ponsetto is currently under investigation for criminal mischief. We're told there was at least $250 in damage. We reached out to Maya's New York City attorney, 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 Paul Demelia, who declined to comment. Uh, yeah, that poor bastard defending this girl. Uh, of course, this bizarre incident might be the least of her worries. As you know, Ponsetto was arrested last week in SoCal, flown back to New York City where she was charged with attempted assault, attempted robbery, grand larceny, and endangering the welfare of a child for her altercation with the teenager at the Arlo, is it Arlo or Ario? Arlo Hotel. In California, Maya has an outstanding DUI case in Ventura County from October. Oh, it was from October. Okay. Stemming from her second DUI bust in four months. She's also due in court at the end of January following her arrest for being drunk in public at the Peninsula Hotel in Beverly Hills in February of last year, along with her mother. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I wonder if she's single. Maybe she'll come to Toronto and throw a chair off a balcony to top everything off. Get the trifecta. Oh, my goodness. Okay, one more. One more, and unless something 
Unless something strikes me as necessary after that, we'll get out of here. From uh, from Vice World News. Quebec woman fined for putting leash on her partner, taking him for a walk. Okay, so the COVID lockdown in Quebec is pretty strict right now. There's a curfew. Get the fuck off the streets at night. <laughs> All right. And this woman decided she, I mean, the only exceptions are, are are walking your pet. You know, you can walk your dog so it can poop. And, uh, and I guess going to work. <laughs> Groceries. Uh, so this girl tried to find a way around it. Okay, here we go. A Quebec couple was hit with three thousand dollars in fines after the woman put a leash on her partner and took him for a walk on the weekend to get around a COVID-19 curfew. On Saturday, Quebec residents were placed on an official curfew for 28 days to curb the rise of COVID-19 cases in the province. As of Monday evening, Quebec has reported, wow, 230,690 cases and 8,000 737 deaths. <sighs> wow. The worst hit province in Canada. There have been 668,181 positive cases nationwide. That's still way too fucking many for our for our population base. But dog owners are exempt and can walk their dogs after 8 p.m. as long as they stay within a kilometer of their home. Leash in hand, the woman, 24, set out for a walk with her partner, 40. Ooh, her parents must be pleased. Uh, <laughs> and the other end attached to a collar around his neck around 9 p.m. on Saturday night in Sherbrooke, a city about 150 kilometers east of Montreal, and was stopped by police in the downtown area. Martin Carrier... Doesn't he, doesn't he do uh, air conditioning? Carrier home? Anyways. Uh, Martin Carrier, spokesperson for Sherbrooke Police, said the officers were shocked when they saw the scene. Prudes. Carrier said the couple told the officers they were following Quebec Premier Francois Legault's rules and didn't feel that the curfew made much sense. She said she was walking her dog because it was part of the exceptions that the government mentioned for leaving the house during curfew, said Carrier. The man and woman were each given $1,500 tickets for violating curfew laws and failing to cooperate with police. Yeah, curb your dog, lady. Uh, she... <laughs> we see our colleagues in the health... I should... I should do this quote with a shitty french accent but i won't uh oh, we sh we see our colleagues no uh it would have to be a shitty quebec accent because quebec french is different from french french <laughs> why the fuck am i talking about this uh and they're burning out hospitals are full to capacity people are sick a lot are dying said carrier and then we see people like this that are making light of the situation they don't see people dying around them and are just trying to find a loophole in the system. Hey, remember, kids, everyone thinks there's one rule that doesn't apply to them. Everyone. 
everyone, everyone thinks there's there's one at least one rule that doesn't apply to them. Uh, <laughs> Legault announced the curfew after seeing a spike in COVID-19 cases to about 3,000 new cases a day. It is the first time in Canada a curfew has been imposed to try and stem the spread of the virus. Ontario Premier Doug Ford was initially considering following Quebec's lead, but government sources told City News on Monday a curfew was not being considered at this time. And it's been... It's been confirmed, it was confirmed today that, uh, no, there's no curfew coming. Um, even though we're going into a new stay-at-home order in Ontario, um, there's no curfew. So you can still you can still go to work, you can still go get groceries, you can still exercise, you can still walk your dog. But now they've given the cops, they've given the cops authority to stop and question you as to why you are outside. Okay. Ontario cops across Ontario, particularly, of course, I'm concerned with here in Toronto. Now have the now have the authority to just stop you on the street and ask you where you're going. Which. Fuck. Do I not like that on paper? And I hope they're going to keep statistics. I hope they're, I hope the cops, I hope the officers who do stop people have to report or have to keep a record of everybody they stop. And I hope that, that the city compiles race-based statistics, race-based fucking numbers on who is stopped, where, and what happens in the in, in in each incident? Because I'll fucking bet you dollars to donuts that black and brown people in this city get inordinately stopped. I I I just I bet you that an undue percentage of the people who are stopped are going to be black and brown. Is this is a stop and it's a st- it's not a stop and frisk it's a it's certainly a stop and ask. And hey, once we got you stopped, I'm suspicious about your behavior. So let's see how it goes. Anyway, Sherbrooke Police, Sherbrooke Quebec Police said 35 tickets were issued over the first weekend under curfew. See how it goes here in Toronto this weekend. Anyways, kids, we're at 30 minutes. That's a podcast. Uh, I'm going to go, I don't know. The loaf is, uh, bundled up again and she looks like she's going to sleep a little bit. This looks like a, uh, she's got her paws curled under her. And, uh, from a video I watched online about cat sleeping positions, this means that she's not planning to sleep for very long. This is a nap. Oh, oh, her head's going down. Her head's going down to the ground. Okay. Head's on the chin on the floor uh this is not she's not going to sleep for very long in this position this is just a quick this is quick 40 winks and then she'll be up fucking terrorizing my chairs and my captain america comics and those backpack straps she's welcome to i have to make an effort and find her little blue ball which i know is wedged under something again uh so she can play with that i don't know why she 
I don't know how it gets wedged under things and she doesn't dig it out herself. So, <laughs> But it's under one of the radiators or under my mom's china hutch. Or maybe under my, my recliner. Something like that. Maybe it's Maybe it's rolled somewhere she can't reach. So I'll help her out. Ah, <sighs> fuck. I don't know, kids. Um, fucking, it's the dog days of winter, man. It, uh, it's getting to me a little this week. It's really getting to me a little this week. So, um, eh, you know, what are you going to do? You you try to drag yourself through it, and if you don't get if you don't get something done today, try again tomorrow, which is what I'm telling myself. I gotta focus long enough to read an email and respond to it before I go to bed, and then I uh, I found out that um, I I'm just I'm just uh, it's like a new meanie song, just letting time pass, man. Um, but I have an email to respond to, and then I found out that Dallas, the old, uh, primetime soap Dallas is on Amazon prime in the States. So on my iPad, I've used a VPN to fool Amazon prime into thinking I'm in California. And yesterday I, uh, yesterday I, I, I ended my night, started my day. I started watching at like 6 a.m. Fuck. I gotta, I gotta learn how to sleep again, kids. Um, I watched the first three episodes of Dallas from 1978 and it's so good. It was so good. I'm telling you, um, only if you're really fucking jaded, would you be able to watch Game of Thrones and Dallas and not see that they're basically the same show. <laughs> it really is the same show. Um, it's just the world building that's different. Um, you know, it's it's the powerful family who are infighting and fighting external enemies. Uh, and you know, the, 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 the families who were cheated out of their throne atop the oil business, the Barneses, and you know, that come along and there's, uh, there's fucking, there's illegitimate children and there's incest, which really puts it over the top for Game of Thrones shit. It's just, it's just this, the show skin. It, Game of Thrones is this medieval sword and uh, sword and all a tiny bit of sorcery where you throw in some dragons and Dallas is, you know, um, the, the height of the excess of the eighties, uh, in America, uh, soap opera bullshit, but it's, it's the fucking, it's the, it's, they're so similar. And if you've never seen Dallas, because I know, listen, I know I'm the oldest man in the room here. If you've never seen Dallas, find it and give it a try. Because even with the late 70s veneer of, you know, of hair and 
plaids, you know, checkered suits and stuff. Even even though the fa- the fashion isn't very egregious for the seventies, one of the things that I found out last night, it's in the Amazon notes for the show, is that for the first season, the cast was mostly wearing their own clothing. <laughs> Uh, and part of that started because the the script the script for the pilot was originally written to be shot in summer, but it ended up being shot later in the year. So there's even some snow on the ground in Texas at at this you know the South Fork Ranch. But they all ended up wearing their own clothes, including their winter coats, and some of the dialogue was changed because of it being winter. Um, but it's it's such a good show. Watch the first season. I would say I would say at least watch up to uh the infamous Who Shot JR uh, uh story. And then, you know, like I mean, see how it all builds to this gigantic because it was such a huge fucking cultural event uh in North America. Um that's how popular this show was. That the cliffhanger of who shot J.R. Ewing was gigantic ratings blockbuster. And of course later, I mean, wouldn't you like to know where the Simpsons got the idea for who shot Mr. Burns from? <laughs> Anyways, so I'm, I'm probably going to, I'm going to, I'm going to send this email and, uh, and I might watch some more Dallas. Fuck, man, 1978 Victoria Principal was one ridiculously hot woman. <laughs> as a as a childish aside. All right, we're done. Um, yeah. I don't know which of you needs to hear this. Maybe I just need to hear it myself, but um, you're doing okay. You're getting through this. You got through another day. Made it to this show. You're going to get through another couple of days till the next one. You're you're getting through at work. You're getting by, you know, you just you're at this point in this moment in time minimum survival is a fucking victory. So you're doing good. All right. Take care of one another. Find some good trouble to get into. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Your Uncle Kingdom loves you, kids. Bye.